Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to On The Bench. I'm your host, Zach Blostein, and I'm joined here by a very special guest today. Um, we've got freelance graphic designer, Clayton Campbell, better known as K-Camp On The Bench today. And I'm super excited for this. Um, Clayton has had the unique opportunity to work under both Willie Taggart and Mike Norvell during his time as a graphic designer slash photographer, photographer slash do-it-all guy for Florida State. And today we're going to get his perspective on the FSU program and kind of where things are headed moving forward. Um, so first off, Clayton, how are you and are you ready for this? Uh, yes, sir. No, I, I'm great. I appreciate you having me on and uh, I'm super excited to get into a few things uh, finally outside of the program. So, you know, it's a little different, can share some opinions and uh, I think it should be fun. For sure. Let it loose. Um, so I guess first off, um, just kind of get into your background. Obviously, you're a super talented, you know, creative dude and nowadays, but just was this something that you always saw in yourself kind of from a young age and how did you first get into graphic design? So my parents have always owned apparel stores growing up. Um, so was into art that way, uh, designing t-shirts and things like that from a young age. I'd say I lived in Evansville, Indiana until I was about, I don't know, 10, and then I moved to Florida. Uh, so, you know, during that time, I probably got a little bit more, my parents took regular jobs, I got a little more away from the art stuff, and uh, just was a kid for, you know, didn't think of anything, uh, probably until I graduated high school, I didn't even put my mind to anything, which is crazy. Um, but... Basically, still enjoyed art, but never tried, never really tried it. It wasn't, not like these kids nowadays that are grinding in Photoshop in high school as freshmen and stuff like that. Um, but I graduated high school, didn't have like a dying desire to go to college. I just, not that type of student, unfortunately. <laughs> um, yeah. So ended up uh, opening a business with my parents there in Lutz and uh, went into business with them. Uh, owned a third of that and uh, that's really where I got on Twitter and I was like you know I'm making sitting here making art for t-shirts all day surely I can make it for some recruits too and uh, really just found my passion that way um, really fortunate to have you know two parents that believed in me and and just afforded some some opportunities that you know aren't stuff you just get every day so that was really nice um, but yeah, started to really catch on there um, with the recruits on Twitter, like I'm sure you, you followed. And, uh, you know, from there, it just really took off. And being that it was for Florida State, that really fed my passion as well. Um, you know, the first year there, I did a lot of guys. Um, just crazy, like Jamar Chase was one of them. So it's kind of wild now to watch this all play out. Um, but, you know, and then the second year there, I went only Florida State, um, doing it all for free. I wanted to feed my passion. And, you know, just really took off and made a lot of connections. And, uh, yeah, I just kind of fell into it um, in a way, I guess. But, yeah, man, it was, a, it was an interesting journey. Sure. That's crazy. Um, So, I guess, where did your fandom from Florida State for Florida State start? So, my family's originally from Evansville, Indiana. Um, and my grandpa's just a contrarian. Um, he likes to not agree with people so he was surrounded by you know in the 90s he was surrounded by notre dame fans up there and he hated notre dame and uh just fell in love with florida state for whatever reason and uh 
you know, then my grandma started really falling in love with Bobby Bowden, you know, his values, all that kind of thing. And then same thing with my mom. And then, yeah, I mean, by the time I was born, my parents were, you know, already diehard Florida State fans out. We would, they would drive down from Evansville to Tallahassee, 12 hour drive just to go to football games and mm. got some, got some old pictures of me and my dad, you know, in front of the fountain, and all that stuff when I was not even old enough to know what's going on. So uh, pretty much in my blood. Um, so yeah, it's, that's how I ended up Florida State fan. I don't really know any better. <laughs> yeah, that, that's awesome. Um, shout out to Gramps. Uh, but yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you, you mentioned a little bit that, that you got into, you know, the Twitter space and, and you know, hooked up with some recruits and, and FSU commits uh, during that time to create some, you know, graphics for their commitments. I guess, can you kind of take us into what that was like, kind of being in the know of where those top prospects were going? So the first year is even more interesting because, uh, you know, shout out 247 here, obviously, but I, would, I literally went on the 247 website and this is after I gained a little bit of popularity. I'd done some stuff for some smaller guys, some three-star guys, nothing crazy. Um, even some current roster guys from Florida State. And then I just went on the 247 website. I just looked up the commitment schedule of which guys were committing when. And I just started DMing them. I'm like, hey, bro, do you need anything? Like, just hit me up. Because I knew if it was a high-profile enough kid, at that time, I didn't care. I wanted to get at the exposure. And I had a day job and I would basically come home from my day job at sometimes nine o'clock and I'd stay up till 3am doing these things for these kids. And, uh, wow. yeah, it was, it was crazy. That, that, that signing day that I, uh, the first signing day was I stayed up all night and I didn't make a dime, which <laughs> makes me sound like an idiot. I'm sure. But, uh, no, I, I kind of had the goal of just working in college football at that time. So, um, I didn't really care about that at that time, but I knew I could get the attention of uh, head coaches, especially that way. Um, kind of started to view Twitter like a boardroom full of investors that you're pitching to every day. And that's how I got in with those guys. And then from there, you know, I, I had like Deshaun White who plays for Oklahoma. He was like, sending me messages of Lincoln Riley asking who I am, like all these things that were going on behind the scenes of these head coaches wanting to, to get to know me. Um, and at that time I'm like, well, you know, I was, I, I knew the ceiling for me was probably like, Hey, this guy can do a few things for us. He could be an intern or whatever. So I'm like, I think I could double down on this, go Florida state exclusive. And maybe in a year or two, I get the attention of, who I want to get the attention of. Um, and that's why I flipped over to doing all four state and the coaching change just ended up, you know, working out perfect for me and uh, Taggart ended up there and I ended up focused on the four state guys and, you know, uh, he got to know who I was and uh, those guys, I mean, I can't thank those guys enough. Those guys let him know who I was and there's some guys that are still on the roster right now, Brennan Gant and guys like that were like, you have to hire this person, like no choice uh, type of things. And uh, yeah, that's how I got into the Twitter space. And I guess that's the whole Twitter space story, but I, I do have an interesting story about how I met Willie for the first time, but uh, we can get into that if you, if you want. Yeah, to. I was literally going to ask that. Um, July 22nd, I looked up the tweet. July 22nd, 2019, you officially joined Willie Taggart's staff at Florida State. I guess just you kind of already got into how that opportunity presented itself, but um, if you want to dive into, you know, the story of meeting uh, Coach Willie Tiger. Uh, so me getting hired was probably a three to four month process. Um, honestly, I knew it was really, really hard for me. I knew that I had the job, had a job, however you want to put it, uh, for three or four months. And uh, I couldn't say anything. Um, obviously, there's a lot of smoke on Twitter and or people saying hey, Coach Taggart, you need to do this. And I'm like, hey, you know, he's trying. Like, it's tough. So, anyway, uh, I was getting the back and forth from them of timeline and stuff like that. But going back three months from then, I got a message from Quayshawn Fuller, which uh, I'm great friends with him. Um, really appreciate that guy. And you'll, you'll see in a minute why. Uh, so, we 
he gets he he messages me. He's down in Fort Myers, and he's like, "Hey, we come down here and do my commitment video." I never shot a video, so I'm sitting here like, I mean, I guess my iPhone shoots 4K, like whatever. I'll just go do it to make the connection with this kid. And uh, at the time, I thought he was going to Alabama, so it's really oh, interesting yeah. in general. Um, but I said that I was going to do it before the Alabama smoke, you know, kind of started. So I didn't want to go back on my word. So it was on like a Friday evening, I think. I just left Tampa, went down, get to Fort Myers, literally just pulled up to Lehigh High School and meet, meet this kid, which is kind of, I mean, just weird in general to think about. Uh, but I get in, he's meets me in the front school. I get in his car uh, and he's got a Florida State beanie on the, passenger seat and I was like oh man going to Bama but still rocking with the beanie I, you know it's, I, I get it he's like what do you mean I'm going to Florida State so like right then I already knew and that was probably like two weeks before signing day and uh Quayshon's kind of cr like a crazy kid to be around um, especially he's matured a lot since high school but he's like hey man forget this video like we're gonna pull up to this chicken spot down the street and I'm like, you know, like, I don't even know where I'm at. So I'm like, all right, um, you know, whatever, I'm with it. Fine by me. I've been around plenty of places. So we go down there. I mean, this place is literally a hole in the wall. It doesn't have a sign, nothing. Uh, all cash, everything like that. So we pay, read chicken. He's like, man, I don't understand why you haven't been hired yet. I said, well, you know, I think it's coming. Like, it is what it is. I'm just going to keep doing me, like, not super worried about it. Just glad to work with y'all, whatever. It's like, I'm a FaceTime tagger right now, man. This is crazy. And I'm like, there's no way, like, this is some bull, you know, whatever. Yeah. So FaceTimes him, doesn't pick up. I'm like, that's going to, you know, that's the end of the story. All good. So we eat. We go back to the uh, high school in uh, Lehigh there and uh, shoot the video hang out with his trainer who also trained JC Jackson, which was cool too. So shoot the video and we go in the weight room to do the last part of the video and he's getting a FaceTime back from tag. And, uh, <laughs> he answers it. He's talking to him, you know, regular recruiting stuff. And, uh, he's like, Hey, I got my boy here. You got to talk to my boy. You know who he is, whatever. He hands, hands me the phone. And it's literally the head coach. And I'm like, at that time, you know, I'm just a fan on the street. So it's like, I'm, I'm insane. Immediately tag flips the camera. Cause you know, I think he's scared of me screenshotting or whatever. <laughs> uh, but we had a good talk. I was like, coach, like whatever, get me up there. He's like, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna get you up here. Like, let's do it. I see the commitment, all this stuff. Right. Um, I think me going to Fort Myers definitely helped, which I wasn't my goal, but I mean, I was just kind of phone my lap. So, uh, hang up with him. Then I finished the video and I drive back home, kind of like shell shot for an hour there, like just FaceTime the head coach. It's pretty crazy. And, uh, get home, you know, tell my mom and dad about it. I'm going to go hop in the shower. No big deal. Like forget about it. And he follows me on Twitter. And I was like, Taggart did. I was like, Oh, it's like, oh. it's for real now. So he followed me. Um, Probably another month went by. There was some smoke from a few people I knew there. It's like, hey, your name's getting tossed around in meetings. Like, you're going to get hired. Like, no doubt, whatever. And I was like, again, for me, I'd heard this from a few different places. So I'm like, yeah, 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 you know, sure. Uh, and, uh, yeah, about a month later, uh, my main contact there was like, hey, Tag's going to call you. So uh, be ready. And few days went by I'm, I'm like watching my phone every second and I'm sitting at my desk at work and I get a call from a Kentucky phone number and uh yeah it was him on the other line and it's like hey here's the position offering it to you it is what it is and hung up the phone and just started going crazy like couldn't believe it um but that was when I knew I had the job so that's probably that and then fast forward three months and I I finally got to Florida State so crazy crazy yeah. stuff amazing story um wow that's that's crazy oh, i should uh, add in there so this is really cool uh my dad obviously diehard florida state fan tags like hey man come up to the spring game 
I want to, we need to meet in person. Like all it's, it's, uh, just formality, but let, you know, let's knock it out. So again, at this point, I'm not like in the circle. So I'm just, I'm, I'm just a fan. I'm kind of in awe of everything around me and, uh, get to the spring game. I'm in the facility, in the more, and, uh, then I'm, I'm in the tunnel and the guy that I'm with is like, Hey, just wait here. Tag's going to come over here. And this is funny considering everything going on right now, but I look through the tunnel and it's Tagger, Derek Brooks and Dion sitting there talking, which my, and my dad's like, I mean, you know, he's over the moon. He can't believe yeah. he's in the tunnel and everything else. But, uh, he comes over, daps me up, I'm like, so coach, nice to meet you. He's like, Hey, sorry, it's been crazy. Like we'll get together tomorrow. And he runs out the tunnel. So that was, I couldn't believe that. Uh, and uh, the next day we, we met and uh, <laughs> so finally get to meet him. Uh, he comes around the corner. He's like, hey, man, let's hop on this elevator real quick. We're going to go over here. And I just got to – we got to do this meeting on the, on the run with my kid's game or something. And he comes around the corner wearing a full Jordan jumpsuit with a Louis V backpack on. And I'm like, you know, this is my head coach right here. This is, this is great. So – and me and him are wearing the same pair of Jordans. So that was like awesome. Mm. Uh, we get on this elevator and he literally like, see, you know, we still deal. He's like, you're coming, whatever. I'll see you later. And off he went and off I went. And about two months later, I got the official offer letter in my email. So it's crazy, wild story. Yeah. From, from start to finish, that's, that's insane. Um, <laughs> yeah. So – I guess, you know, you had, like, like I mentioned before, you, you know, you were one of the guys that you know, stayed uh, on staff after the coaching change, not to, you know, bring out a somber mood over all this, but, yeah. you know, um, you stayed over. I guess, how, how was that experience like to kind of, you know, obviously you have a, a lot of love for Coach Tagger for presenting the opportunity, but also, you know, the university itself. So just what was that experience like having to, you know, see all those guys go and then meeting that whole new staff coming in? Uh, man, it was hard. It was really hard. You know, that was a really hard lesson for me. I'm obviously not like brought up in college football. So, you know, it's pretty normalized really in college football. People come and go and it is what it is. You know, they could be your best friend. And then like that, they're out the door, they're somewhere else. And you may not even see them the next day. Uh, so I learned that, you know, hard lesson through two and a half years there, but that was tough. I mean, people that I got close with over, the five months, six months that I was there were just gone. Um, but I was literally at my friends and got the notification on my phone. And that's how, that's how I found out. I mean, it was pretty, pretty informal. I mean, they, they try to inform everyone that was in the building, but you know, I, I get it. It is what it is business, but yeah, that was a, that was a hard lesson for me. Uh, really that was what I was accustomed to is whatever was going on in that office. So um, didn't know what was to come. Uh, but I knew, you know, no matter what, I was a four state guy. So, you know, no matter who's here, whatever, I'm, as long as they have me here, I'm working, you know, I'm doing what I got to do. So, uh, I mean, there was like a two month period there where it felt like two months. I might be super inaccurate, but, uh, where we just didn't have a head coach and I was, you know, kind of floating, didn't know what was going to happen. A lot of uncertainty and it's a, it's a weird spot to be in. Um, but I <laughs> I got really close to Odell at that time. Uh, me and him ended up having a really good relationship. And uh, one day I was like, I, I just was kind of at a breaking point. Like, I, I don't know if I'm going to like make it. Like, I wonder if I'm just going to get, you know, it's nothing personal, but the new coach comes in, he just wants his guys, you know? Yeah. And I was like, I just don't know if I'm going to make it. And Odell saw me in the hallway, came up to me, grabbed me, gave me a fist bump, said, you're an old for life. I was like, well, I guess he'll figure it out. Um, so just uh, trust and, trusted Odell after that. And he brought Norvell back to the recruiting hallway when Norvell got hired. And I made the connection with Norvell from there. And uh, honestly, from there, I just worked my ass off, you know, every day. I was there till honestly, the first month of Norvell's tenure was probably there until 2 a.m. every night. Oh, my God. It was, it was crazy. But uh, I wanted to work there. You know, most people would say, I'm out and go look for a different job, but uh, 
I was in love with Florida State, still am, and uh, that's where I wanted to work. And I really fell in love with his work ethic and the guys that he was bringing around, and I knew that it would be the right thing. Um, but I had to get through that period. So that was, that was a hard transition, really interesting, uh, tough times. You know, you're surrounded by other people that don't know what they're going to get canned. And <laughs> it's just uh, – it's crazy. But, no, I, I leaned on Odell and – you know, like anything at Florida State guided me through it, and it was, it was good. It's good, good to have Odell on your side. Um, no doubt, no doubt, that's a blessing. True, Noel. Um, so you know, like you mentioned, once Norm, Mike Norvell arrived, it seemed like kind of within months there was a huge emphasis on on beefing up that creative department, and you know, we saw that hiring of of Kyle, um, you know, one of your good friends. Just how were you involved? or how involved were you in that process of kind of bringing him on and then beefing up that department in general? So <laughs> I, I have been screaming from the mountaintops that we needed more help. Um, once I felt confident enough to do so, uh, you know, I, obviously you don't want to do that right when staffs get there because, you know, you have to earn your respect, so be it. Uh, so eventually uh, I had been putting in so much overtime. It was insane that, <laughs> one of the admin calls uh Bruce and was like, Hey man, how is it physically possible this guy worked 140 hours last week? And they're like, Well, he did like <laughs> they would walk by my office, I mean, and I'd be in there working, so there's no doubt. He's like, Well, he did, so like let's figure out a solution. Um and that was the solution was uh finally listing the uh director job. Um and I you know, I didn't expect that job. I was very upfront with Bruce about that. Like, Hey, let's hire a director. I need, I still have a lot to learn. I've been here for less than a year, you know, professionally. I just, I need someone to learn from. Um, so they listed that job. Uh, and when it went up, like to be candid, the salary was probably a little less than that you would expect nationally, um, for a P five job. Um, so we had a little bit of an extensive, extensive search. And, uh, when Kyle's resume came across the desk, I worked with, uh, the assistant director of recruiting at that time, Adam Van Clay. And we just looked at resumes and Kyle's really stuck out, um, checked off a lot of boxes for us. Uh, he had some really funny, like weird stuff on his, uh, resume, like, major in Asian studies. So we were like, we got to call this guy. Like, so called Kyle and, uh, yeah, he flew out for the interview and, uh, I basically told him like, Hey man, like you got to come here. We'll take it to the next level. Like, I don't, it was us in Arizona at that time for him. Um, which I don't think he minds me sharing in case he's listening, but, uh, no, it's, uh, I just said, Hey man, like, let's do it. We can be the best. We can take this, brand from what I thought was the ground, you know, at that time, um, to a, a good brand. Um, and no matter how you look at it, you're going to get recognized for what you do there. And that was, that was the plan. He ended up taking the job and, uh, yeah, he came in, we started, uh, interviewing interns. So the rest is history for us too, I guess. Gotcha. Um, so, you know, in that first year uh, of Norvell's, you know, full recruiting class, um, you know, obviously the pandemic hit, everything went virtual, um, no on-campus stuff. So just how was that process for you? Obviously, um, I'd assume, you know, the staff was kind of relying on you guys a lot more um, to reach out to these prospects to help, you know, uh, produce graphics for them. Just how did you help the staff when it came to recruiting prospects virtually? So, yeah, that was... Again, <laughs> I felt like every time I got my feet underneath me in Tallahassee, something else happened and uh, it's no one's fault, you know, it just yeah. did. And uh, I think I had about a month or two there of, we hosted one junior day uh, with Kyle and uh, it was going well. I mean, I felt like workload was starting to even off and then we went right into COVID and it's like, everyone's looking at you because all they could send is graphics. Um, so, I mean, we were sending a ton of stuff uh, more, probably two to three times as much as we were pre pandemic and anything. If I learned anything from recruiting, I'm sure you know this. Once you go there, you don't go back. So 
post-pandemic, you're still going to send the same amount of stuff. Like, it's not going to – just because everybody gets out of quarantine and all that, it's not going to go back to normal. So that's probably the same amount they're sending now. But it, uh, it, was, it was crazy. We had to be innovative. We had to find how to get kids' attention, how to do virtual junior days. What does that look like? I mean, some of this stuff was ridiculous that was going on. Like, the ideas that were being thrown out, you're just like, I mean – you know, coach, some of these coaches, man, I'll tell you what, like, <laughs> they get some interesting ideas and you have to, you have to rope them in sometimes. And, uh, you know, photo shoots over zoom, everything you could imagine. Um, but good for our coaches. They stayed inside the lines. They didn't go the uh, Arizona state route. So, you know, you got to applaud them for that, but it was, uh, it was a crazy time and a lot of, a lot of work. And my fiance had just moved to Tallahassee like a month before that. It was, it was crazy, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, I bet they'd be throwing up the metaverse and stuff now. As far oh, as dude, I, these some of these coaches, man, it's out of control. I wish I wish I uh, could remember all of them. I should have wrote them down in a book because uh, there are some truly hilarious ideas that I've, I'm sure. that I've heard. I'm sure Kenny Dillingham had a few, uh, some few crazy ones. <laughs> <laughs> of course, of course, always trying to innovate. No, I that's uh, that was the first assistant I met met on uh, Norvell staff and. We have a great relationship. I love Coach Dillingham, and uh, awesome. he's a great guy. Um, so, you know, fast forward all the way until on-campus recruiting opens back up in June of 2021. Um, I think all of us will remember that month for the rest of our lives just because of, you know, how crazy it was. <laughs> just Can you describe that month for you and the, and the other creative guys? So that month's interesting, but to really encapsulate it, in March, I we get a call from uh, Norvell, and he's like, hey, I'm making this car, and uh, I want you to design it. I mean, so Kyle's kind of like, okay, like, don't really know what this entails. Like, it, it's funny in college football when you're a graphic designer, anything that's a graphic or graphic related is, you know, immediately linked to you. Um, he's like, I don't have a budget for it. Just want y'all to go crazy on this thing. So, uh, I mean, the next two months of our life outside of our regular jobs, obviously, was uh, taking care of the slingshot, which everyone got to see on the first, but some amazing, uh, funny times with Coach off that. And, uh, I mean, we, we, we had a great bond with him through that, and he treated us like coworkers, like I think I've said publicly before. And, uh, you know, it was it was really, really fun project, uh, but – <laughs> no, it came together. It was crazy. I mean, we're taking apart a car inside of a warehouse and labeling what it's supposed to be painted and uh, cutting decals up and, I mean, all kinds of crazy stuff uh, that was going into this because we knew we were going to have all these these kids. And, uh, and anyway, uh, yeah, we – so then we get it ready. We know it's going to be there the first. And like you say, the first is – I mean, it was well-planned. Don't get me wrong, but then we had regular, like normal recruiting on the first and uh, it never really reset after that. It was every single day in June was, you didn't have a day off. And I probably spent 50, 60 hours a week in the player's lounge doing photo shoots. Um, that was crazy. You know, by the end, you're, you're running the slaps through in about two minutes. You're, you're, you're brutally tired of, uh, of kids at the end of that month, man. It was, it was crazy. For sure. Um, you know, stuck in the, in the beginning of that month was the mega camp. I guess people don't really, you know, realize that not you, the only thing you do is not just, you know, creative stuff. You have to, you know, these, you know, everyone in the department kind of helps out with everything. Um, and I'm not sure if that's like listed in the job title or whatever, or whatever, but you know, you're helping out setting up the mega camp, setting up all these, uh, camps and helping out in that in that uh, field as well. So just, I guess, dive into that. Just what was that like having 2,000 plus kids come to Tallahassee that day? Uh, I mean, great for the program, right? Great for Mike <laughs> Norvell football camp. Uh, that's the good answer to give. It was, I mean, it's like June 1, but none of the kids matter. <laughs> I mean, and to a certain degree, you know, I'm generalizing, but it's – it was nuts. I mean, we were golf carting kids over from the camp to do photo shoots, 
we're golf carting kids to this exclusive place in college town for the kids to hang out with the coaches. And you're trying to keep track of who's the, who's been offered and who matters. And, and uh, all at the same time, the camp's going on. I mean, it was, it was insane. We got up on top of a, uh, the parking garage across the street and to take a photo. And I, they just stopped for a minute. I was like, you know, Holy hell, look at all these people. Like this is insane. Um, but you know, that whole event was a massive, massive coordination by the whole staff and, you know, testament to Norvell and everyone's organization there. I thought it went extremely well for, I mean, bringing in 2000 strangers. I mean, you know, you're just walking these people into booths and getting them checked in and, and getting them out there to camp. So it was, uh, it was, again, I hate to use the word crazy so much, but man, that was, that was an insane day. And, uh, you know, great day for us. I know they said they're looking at more next year. So uh, I'll be interested to see how that turns out. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. Um, I, I, you know, I, I don't know if I feel like it'll probably be similar to the numbers that they had the first year. But you got, you got to also think a lot of those kids were cooped up for, you know, for sure. a year and a half. Um, well, and that's what you saw a little bit in June, too, is like kids just wanted to do photo shoots because they wanted to do photo shoots. You know, I don't blame them, but it was like, bro, you got three of these already this month, you know, like, yeah, I'm done caring <laughs> at this point. I have everything that I need to do my job. You have everything you need, you know, you couldn't post all these photos by the end of the month. So no, it was definitely like you're saying a lot of, a lot of people just angsting to, to go and get out and I'll be interested to see. I mean, I know they're trying to get like three this year. So wow, can't wrap my mind around that. <laughs> But I don't uh, have to, so there you go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. On that note, sorry to sorry to you know push it forward even more. But okay. um, in October, uh, you announced that you, you're leaving the FSU you know FSU program and turning to freelance work. Um, I guess just can you take us behind the scenes of that decision? I'm sure it wasn't an immediate decision; it was months in the making. So just. Um, what went into that and just what, what were your takeaways just from, from that process? Um, that was, that was hard, uh, for me. I, I wanted to stay, but you know, where I'm at now, I think I'm very glad that things played out the way they did. I, I'm better off. I'm with my family. Uh, you know, things are, things worked out for the best, I think for, for everybody. Um, I would like to see Florida State keep us, but you know, that's, everyone can say that, but I basically, I had been asked to interview at a number of jobs um, just over the year and a half before this happened. I would say probably two years before this happened. And I wouldn't even take the interview. wouldn't even apply. You know, it just didn't interest me. I, I didn't have the – don't think I would have the passion just to work in college football, not for Florida State. But, you know, some of these teams were offering me double my pay, and I, I'm saying no. And that's hard to explain at the end of the day to a lot of people. I mean, you know, when you're paying rent and things and you're like, well, you know, I'd love to have double the money right now. So anyway, uh, no, I, and finally there, it got really intense with, uh, I don't care to say, I guess it doesn't really matter, but uh, Auburn wanted to hire me um, to be their director there. And I mean, it's Auburn, you know, that's an incredible opportunity. Of course, uh, uh, had to answer the phone and, uh, had some good talks with them, uh, started out really well. Uh, and I was super candid before state. I just told them, Hey, like my whole thing was this, like, I just wanted to be honest and I don't, I didn't care if it lost me my leverage cause I didn't want to get into that game. Um, that I want to be here and this is what's being offered to me. And, and I think I, I, <laughs> I asked for like five grand from Florida state. So, um, I mean, I really, really dumbed it down to, like, respect at that point, if that makes sense. Like, hey, if yeah. they're willing to pay me this, they can just show me they at least respect me, and it's not I'm asking for the moon. Um, and that was – there was a point where I just realized I didn't want to Auburn. Um, I had talked to some people uh, that had been there, that had knew, known some things about them, and, you know, <laughs> kind of see what's going on right now. So, uh, uh a lot of money being offered, but I didn't see it. Um, that, no offense to the people there, but man, uh, wasn't for me. Uh, and that was about 
five months before I left. So you can imagine, um, I said, Hey, here's what I'd like. I just want, an I asked for assistant director title and five grand and five months went by and there wasn't an offer on the table. So, um, at that point it was really no choice for me. I felt super disrespected to be candid. I mean, I think anybody would, uh, when you're getting offered double your salary at an SEC school and you know, your team that you're breaking your back for can't, can't help you a little bit. Um, so after that point, I would just went on the job search cause I just, you know, I was ready to get out of it. I just knew that I couldn't go back to those boundaries that had been, you know, broke down along that way. And, uh, you know, getting an incredible opportunity to work for uh, Colin Coward at the volume. And, uh, once I sealed that up, I knew that I could move back to Tampa. It's remote. It was just a no brainer for me. And, uh, I ended up making that decision. Uh, unfortunately, had to, um, but you know, nah, that's what, that's basically the behind the scenes. And you know, during those five months, I was checking in um, and giving them every opportunity. So you know, it's unfortunate, but um, yeah, for sure. Um, and I guess just you know, without naming names or anything, but just what like. What are some of the pro problems? I, I, I guess you, you know, you vaguely outlined them, but what are some of the problems you see, you know, within the Florida State Athletic Department right now that you think can slash should be fixed? Like, so I don't want to jump ahead, but I think I want to preface this with, I think Bruce Warwick will change a lot of what I'm going to say. So, you know, some of these problems might be getting solved right now. Um, I, I hope they are. I know that they've taken a few steps, you know, asking employees what they can do. So that's a huge step in the first place. I mean, it was the culture that I was there was you make what you make, put your head down, shut it, you know, from admin anyways. And uh, I mean, we had a lot of people there and I, people love Florida state. And what kills me is when people that express that, that tried to stay there for minimal raises didn't get that and they had to walk um and I'm not talking about coaching staff you know that's that's a whole different world um but you know regular employees just felt you know unappreciated and I think that's that was really hard for a lot of people to come back from like I'm saying for myself even you know you're <laughs> if you can't be appreciated by your employer then what are we doing you know so uh some issues like that I mean for me personally, being an hourly employee, which again, I had told them when I got hired that I would prefer to be salary because I'm going to do a lot of overtime work. It's college football. That went over the heads of a few people there. So they were very, sometimes very weird about overtime, like restricting with overtime. I mean, just some bad business practices with um, their employees that, you know, I ran a business before I worked there. So, you know, I know how some of these things are supposed to work and what you just don't do to people. And they cross a few of those lines with, you know, people's vacation and, well, you worked it overtime, but you really have to put it in. And, you know, some things that I just didn't want to be around. And, uh, and uh, yeah, that, that was probably the employee side. Me personally, I just felt like there was just a level of work that didn't get – I mean, I saw tasks sit in people's offices above my head. And this is not in the football office. This is admin for months. I mean, you know, we had, we requested a $50,000 order from Sony when Kyle got there and we didn't get it for like 14 months. Wow. Like that can't happen. I mean, and that order put us on like Boise's level. Like this is not, you know, when I interviewed with Auburn, you know, or talk to them on the phone rather. They're like, we're placing like, you know, a hundred thousand dollar order tomorrow. And that's our yearly. So, you know, you start to see where you're at and it's frustrating, you know, I mean, you, you want the buy-in and you're dying for the buy-in, but the, the, the other people aren't, you know, and that, that's what they killed me and me and Kyle at the end of everything was just tired of begging for things that we just <laughs> are necessities to do our jobs, you know? It's crazy. Why do you think it's so hard for them to, to, to buy in to, to what you guys are doing? 
I don't know. I mean, I don't get it. I, I've, that question probably drove me crazy, to be honest with you. Like that drove me to my edge before I left was like, like, I, why do I care so much more than you? All you have to do is press a button and approve this. Like, I don't know if they are just in a hard situation financially. I mean, the problem is that you would say no to certain things and then blatantly spend money on other things in front of people's face. I mean, people aren't dumb, you know? So, I don't know. I mean, the players obviously have about for how important this stuff is. I mean, to me, if those guys are going and saying that something's important, I mean, they're the ones out there playing football for you. So that has to mean, I mean, it should mean everything, but it has to mean something. Um, and I mean, Norvell was on our side, you know, uh, you know, Bruce is, was vouching for us that entire time. And it's just like, it's hard to understand why people just don't execute on certain things. And uh, it's more hard when you don't get a candid answer, you know, it's just tell me what's going on. It's not like I'm going to be offended that Florida State doesn't have this in the budget for this month. I mean, it's a business, I get it, but no answer was a lot of times the answer. And I can't still to this day, I can't wrap my head around it. Yeah. It's tough. Um, it is. It's frustrating, too, because, you know, you say this to people and they're like, wow, that makes me feel like I have no hope. <laughs> like, well, you know, things are changing now, obviously, like I said. But at the time, it's like I don't have a pitch for you, man. Like, it is – that's where it stands. So, yeah, I, hope, I think things will get a lot better, though. Good, good. Um, you mentioned, you know, briefly that, you know, w- with the – you know, they, them putting you on back order with, with the orders for from Sony and – and all that you you mentioned it was on Boise State level. I guess my question is, where where do you think Florida State stands in the national kind of landscape of of what you guys do? Do you think that they're significantly lower than uh, investment wise, lower than you know the rest of Power Five, or just how, how would you compare from what you know of, of what's going on at other places? Okay, so. This is from someone that loves Florida State. So I hope that some of these answers I'm giving don't seem like a bitter person that doesn't work there anymore. So, I I mean, as far as staffing and equipment, they're bottom of the ACC if they're lucky. Um, When Kyle got there, it was just – it's only me and him, right? And at that time, athletics had no one. So you're talking about two people doing all everything, right? Now, they brought some people on to do the other sports, but most athletic departments have support from athletics to help football, right? So, like, you know, the football designer might do 75% athletics, 25%, whatever, however that divide is. But (laughs) when you don't have that, it's 100% and you have recruiting, right? So, um, investment-wise and employee-wise, I mean, we were lower than Wake Forest and a few things of staffing. I mean, it's unbelievable when you look at it. And, I mean, again, with saying people aren't dumb, you know how much, you know, tickets are being sold, uh, things are happening, merchandise is going out the door. Like, people don't hate this school. You yeah. know, money's coming in somewhere. And, uh, nah, just the – they're behind, right? So I think that's a, a one important point is that you're probably not going to catch up all at once, and that's fair. But you damn sure have to – catch up at some point <laughs> uh so nah, i i think they will eventually but they're they've played from behind for a long time in creative and it's hard because their other teams are investing yearly you know and you're investing every other year barely it's it's not gonna happen 100 percent um you mentioned it earlier bruce warwick promoted to associate athletic director for football at fsu um just how do you think that he can be kind of a uh, someone to, you know, be a catalyst to, to fix this issue or just begin trying to fix this issue at Florida State? So I think Bruce sees the vision, right? Like he understands what he comes from the Rams, you know, the Rams aren't bad at social. <laughs> it's no secret. Uh, yeah. So I think he understands what it takes. Um, but I think he, he keeps people honest and I think that'll help them. You know, it's, he'll be a good balance of helping them see the vision and, and doing what they can, they can do. So 
I think uh, we, I mean, I, everything that me and Kyle did through him wasn't a problem. We always got you know, great responses from him. And uh, I think now that they've aligned all for him, no, but to jump back in to what I was saying, I think that alignment had been working through boosters already. And most times when something would be slugging through athletics, which is unfortunately a common theme, you would just go, okay, well, let's, we'll go down the chain of boosters and we'll get what we need. And that would work most times. So now you're just moving that same chain of command over and you're not losing the boosters path. So it feels good to know that you can go straight. Everyone's on the same page. You know, you're going from head coach, you know, football AD to, to AD and, and that's perfect. It's exactly what you want. And everyone's on the same page. Everyone has the same vision. And uh, I think it'll work out super well for Florida State. I was, I'm a huge fan of the Alford hire. I thought that was the hire that, I mean, when Vince Tyra started getting thrown around, I was a little nervous because um, I, I think Alford's the perfect guy for where they want to go. Sure. Um, and I guess just, you know, speaking from your experience, how do you feel about the overall direction of the program under Mike Norvell? Obviously, you know, they've had some struggles on the field. Um, and that's kind of what tells the story in college football nowadays, um, whether that's fair or not. Um, you know, the record is what speaks. So just, I guess, from, from your experience working alongside Coach Norvell, um, do you believe he's the man for the job? And just, you know, what do you think of the overall direction moving forward? Um, you know, Without name, I'm not going to name names or, or, you know, this is not intended to disrespect anyone, but what he came into, I don't think people understand fully what was going on at the, in that football program. I mean, you have guys that <laughs> weren't able to add weight. I mean, guys that didn't understand strength and conditioning at all. I mean, you're talking a real like a full rebuild and that's not even including the academic side of things with APR and, and things that he had on his list when he got there I mean <laughs> some of the scholarship slots that were being filled when he got there was like I couldn't believe that this was our football team I mean it was unbelievable some of when you pull up the <laughs> like a wide receiver position you're like wow there's three scholarship wide receivers like this is going to be a problem like you're trying to he's trying to field a team, right? Like that's <laughs> the level that this was at the first year. I, I mean, I don't want people to take this as like a backhanded insult, but I can't believe that he's won, that he won the amount of games he did the first year. I really can't. I, I thought it would be much worse. I was scared, you know, seeing how, not anything against Norvell, just I was <laughs> less than optimistic that they could put together a team and the amount of time also, I mean, he got there late, you know? So, I mean, that's kind of my opinion on the first year record. Second year record is, I think that's your one. So if you want to take that as your one, you know, that's how I take it. I mean, <laughs> some of the stuff going on with COVID was crazy. I mean, you, you hardly keep track of your players in the first place and keep them in line. And now you're dealing with a pandemic on top of it and trying to get them to work out. And I mean, it's just, it's an unbelievable, uh, and I mean, you saw that when the cream rose to the top in that year, the teams that were good stayed good. And, you know, obviously uh, that's how 2020 worked. But I mean, the direction of the program is we're heading in the right direction. I mean, I, I said this on spaces, I think even like I left there one day for work and I was like, if Norvell isn't the guy, like I've been working with this guy for a year and a half at this point, I'm having this thought, like if he's not the guy, then, who it like who can do this then because this dude is like <laughs> I almost think he's a robot it's unbelievable the work ethic that he has I I would try to see him in the building sometimes to see if he was tired because I was starting to like freak out that this guy never like did he sleep like he would I would leave there like the story I'm telling where I'd leave there at noon or excuse me noon, uh midnight or 2 a.m I mean his car would be there and then when I would get there at like eight, his car was there. So like this dude doesn't, does he, I mean, he leaves because he goes home and he has a family. But like, I don't understand what more he can do, I guess, is where I'm coming from. I mean, this guy is literally like breaking his back for us. The least we can do is, is appreciate him. I mean, the guy, I think 
his vision is excellent for where he sees, you know, recruiting going. And, and I know there's a lot going on with NIL. That's a whole other subject. But uh, <laughs> if you don't believe in this guy, I'd urge you to show me who um, because I, I'm at a loss then because I, I just think where it's headed now with the transfers that he's brought, brought in and the recruits that he's brought in, I mean, I think definitely feels really good to me as a Florida State guy. 100%. Yeah, I definitely think, um, you know, regardless of what people want to say about, you know, what happened on signing day, um, I think he addressed needs and, and I think he's got the program moving in the right direction. Um, I guess just more of a broad, you know, topic related to you and your profession. I guess, you know, we talked about FSU struggles with, with investing in, in, you know, creative, but where do you see this industry going? Do you see schools ac across the country focusing on it more? Do you see it going the opposite direction? I guess where, from your you know, vantage point, what do you, what do you think is going to happen with college football and creative departments? So I think creative is like much like the arms race that you've seen in general in college football where who's got the biggest facility, who's not got the nicest locker rooms, who's got the best, you know, care for my body, things like that. You know, that's, that's kind of where things are headed with, I mean, not where they're headed, that's where they are with creative and, people want to work at the best schools and just like college football, the teams that want to be good at this invest in it. And it's no secret. I mean, you know, you look at places, even places like Clemson, I mean, they, they do a great job of investing in this and they're really good at it. I mean, you know, obviously the top schools are great at it and it's easy to point at them when they're winning, obviously, but you know, I think like anything, if you want to be good at this, you're, you have to, you have to double down and, and invest in it. And uh, I hope that the workload changes for creatives in general. Um, it's hard. I mean, it's people that it's hard to kind of speak your mind against it when you work in college football, because you feel like you're kind of against establishment if you say something, but I hope that it's, I mean, my work life balance now, it's not even close. I mean, I actually, have a life <laughs> and I, you know, go out to dinner and things. It's crazy. Uh, but no, I think that's the one thing that I hope changes um, in college football. And I mean, sports in general, I guess I've heard um, from a few other people, but just more employees. I know that that's right. Like everyone hopes that that's a thing, but um, more employees would, would help everyone greatly so that you're not spread so thin and, and uh, you can have, have a lifestyle during the off season and, and things like that. Yeah. I mean, I, like you said, like, I feel like a lot of these programs, it's going to, you know, come, come from the top. A lot of these, you know, administrators are going to have to, to realize that it's important. Um, and hopefully that happens uh, for, for guys like you in, in your profession. Yeah, um, absolutely. We'll, we'll finish up here soon, but you know, I wanted to give you an opportunity. Do you have any, uh, memories from your time at, you know, working at Florida State, from maybe from like a, the funniest like photo shoot or um, any kind of thing, you know, dealing with recruiting or even the players themselves. Just was, was there any, it could be, you know, one or, or a couple of things, just what, what were some of your favorite memories, you know, working, working over at Florida State? Uh, I mean, I'll generalize a little bit. I think just being around the team and stuff was, was so funny to me. I mean, I <laughs> used to be a fan and sit in the stands and, and idolize these guys to a certain extent. And, uh, you know, you being, you're around them and they're all, they're all goofballs, man. They're all crazy. And, uh, you know, hilarious, some really fun times, some really fun photo shoots. Um, I'll say, I think the Kenny Dillingham 4am photo shoot is probably, I don't, wouldn't say it, favorite memory but probably the most memorable uh photo shoot i've ever been a part of there's also quashon sap with the uh dolls and uh masks that was a fun one um shows up for his fifth photo shoot of the month maybe i'm not sure with he's pulling uh, up with different props every time oh my god <laughs> i mean, wouldn't believe some of the stuff that was brought out but he's got masks and all kinds of crazy stuff and uh I would say, again, I think I said this on Spaces, but the the photo shoot where we got commitments during the photo shoot was, I mean, I was in the middle of it. You know, that's like as in the middle of it as you could ever get. 
I'm sitting there and I mean, guys are just, <laughs> there wasn't even like a ton of coaches in there either, which is crazy. I mean, guys are just like screaming out like, Hey, I'm committed. And another guy's like, I'm committed. It's like three in a row. And you're sitting there like shooting photos. You don't know what to think. I mean, it was insane. And, uh, I think I went into the, the dressing room there and I was like, I was just Jerron Willis was the only one that hadn't committed yet. And uh, I was like, I mean, whatever, man, if you're going to do it, I guess, you know, you just go ahead and do it right now. Like it is what it is. And uh, I mean, obviously he ended up doing that. I can't even remember where he landed, but uh, that was a, that was a really good memory. Um, and like I said, a lot of good memories of Norvell and the, the slingshot. Uh, one lasting memory for me, I, when I had told the team before we went to North Carolina that, uh, that I was, it was going to be my last game. And I just wanted them to know more than anything before it, before I had announced it to the staff and some of the guys that helped me get there, I didn't want it to get back to them through the grapevine. I just felt that wasn't cool. The cool thing to do. Um, so I'm just trying to shoot photos of us getting on a plane and like every single player, made me stop shooting photos and came up to me and hugged me, you know, told me they loved me and stuff like that. And that was, I mean, surreal to me, you know, uh, <laughs> we'll play the game in North Carolina. Uh, I think Pokey scores his first or second touchdown and, uh, found each other on the sideline and gave me a hug. So that was pretty cool. Um, and then, uh, same thing with Devontae Love Taylor was kind of, you know, grabbing on me, all kinds of stuff during that game. And then we won the game. And uh, there was a really cool picture on Twitter of me taking that picture of the guys and and uh, kind of came full circle for me because I knew, you know, a lot of people didn't know. And then I posted the photo and uh, Kira Thomas hugged me after the games. Like, you know, we weren't going to let you go out like that. You know, it's cool stuff. And uh, Norville did his press conference, saw me after the press conference. It's like, you know, that one's all for you, young man. You know, it wasn't for anybody else. So. That was that was a fun memory, and uh, you know, finally that trip. I now this is it's still surreal. You know, it's like a movie scene almost. I was the last guy off the plane, and uh, Norvell is standing with his arms folded in front of all four buses there on the tarmac, and uh, we had already you know set our piece and everything like that. But uh, he just looked at me. He's like, "Thank you for everything you've ever done. You know, I really mean it." thank you. And then I just got on the bus. So that was, I mean, insane. As I can't even put words to it. Um, but I still consider him, you know, a friend of mine. I, he's an awesome dude. And I would encourage anyone to just give the guy five minutes. I bet you you'll, you'll think the same thing, you know? So that was probably my favorite memory. Unfortunately that it's the last, you know, trip and everything. But uh, I think, that trip surpassed what I thought the guys thought of me even. Um, so that was, that was surreal. Also got a, also got a nice uh, piece of the rock from that game. So pretty damn cool. Uh, save that one for me. So sits right up here every day. Nice little motivation piece, but yeah, man, a lot of cool stuff came out of that trip and uh, yeah, never forget some of those memories, really good, good stuff. That, that I mean, that's amazing. Um, I guess, you know, the final thing, I just, you know, you, you invested so much time, so much blood, sweat, and tears into the, into the program. You, you explained, you know, that your experience at UNC, just how did that make you feel to see, you know, obviously you put the investment in, but to see those players, those coaches come back and, and kind of thank you and, and give you hugs and, you know, Coach Norvell, thank you himself. Just how did that make you feel? It's hard to put words to that. Um, it made me feel like I did it, you know, to put it frankly. I I didn't give a damn about the money, and that's why I stayed, you know, for so long. And, and it was never about that. That's, like you said, exactly what you said, that's what it was about. I mean, I wanted those guys to respect what I did. You know, that's – you got to earn your respect. And <laughs> having earned that was – meant the world. I don't know. It's, it's even hard for me to, to grasp on my own. I mean, a few people within the building had told me that week, like, Hey, you know, if anything, you left your mark here. And just to think that I 
had a piece of, you know, the program and, and the place that I love so much was, I mean, can't get better than that. That was incredible. And you know, like I say, I held, I held those people's opinion very high. Um, so for them to, to respect me and say the things that, that I heard over that final weekend, you know, nothing else really mattered to me. I knew that that was, that was what was important. And it was, like I said, it meant the world to me. And, uh, I have, I guess one final story, one final story uh, real quick, that you're going to like this now. You're going to like this <laughs> back from UNC trip, get off the bus and Odell's in his truck and he honks at me. And I said, Oh, what's up coach? Whatever. I'm just like, I mean, it's late, like 2 a.m. He's like, hey, man, it's tomorrow your last day. I'm like, yeah, I think like Wednesday. He's like, come to my office. I got something for you. He's like, I'm going to give you one of my awards. Now, I heard that, and I'm like, you know, okay, it's late. Like, I don't know what he's talking about. Whatever, I'm going to go about my business. Next day, I saw him in passing or something. He's like, yeah, come on off, so I'm gonna give you that all American award. Now I'm sitting here, I'm like, all right, <laughs> this is this is reaching another level. So uh a final time, my final this is literally my final time in the office. He hugs me and uh said, you know, love you, appreciate everything you did. He said, I want you to have something, which was this, which is Odell Hagen's All American Award. So <laughs> literally insane i still can't believe it to this day um but you know no one replaced my dad but this is like it's like a father figure to me and uh you know it really helped me through some tough times and just kind of <laughs> absolutely insane and that that was fun probably to tie into what you're saying that was the final token for me of like you know that's <laughs> funny to say but regardless of that coach like that guy is the guy if that guy can show me appreciation like that then i don't even know what to say i mean that's just i mean meant the absolute world to me and uh i hope he doesn't mind me sharing that memory um and uh yeah well there it is it's pretty crazy awesome, man. um yeah just incredible man you know i thank you so much for doing this i i, I feel like florida state fans are going to love this just hearing from you you have such a unique perspective on this and, you know, just all the, the memories you, you've dove out and it, it's just amazing to hear. Um, and, and I really appreciate you uh, for, for sharing that with us. Absolutely, man. Uh, you know, <laughs> I share some harsh opinions every now and then on Twitter, but I, I appreciate every second that I had there and uh, I'll never feel any different. I really do. Um, I just want to make sure everyone knows that. Um, uh, before they see my opinions on certain hirings and things like that. Uh, no, I, I couldn't, you know, I wouldn't trade it for the world. Awesome, man. Um, you, you certainly left your mark on the program. Just work like we're, if, if Florida state wants to follow or Florida state fan wants to follow your work, where can they, where, where's the best Avenue for them to do it? Still on Twitter? Uh, yeah. So Twitter's the best spot right now. I'm currently doing a ton of social stuff for the volume sports. Um, it's Colin Coward's podcast. It's growing pretty rapidly would this podcast network shouldn't say it's podcast, but I uh, would encourage um, everyone to follow that. A lot of great content on there. Um, super awesome team. Love those guys. Uh, been an awesome uh, situation for me. And uh, also do a lot of work for uh, no off season uh, NIL. Uh, we've got Trayshawn Ward signed there now, and we've got a few more coming. So um, look out for that. And uh, really excited to, still be connected with the current guys that I know there and help them through that Avenue. And, uh, yeah, if you want to support the guys, I mean, I would super obviously encourage it. I know that Trey Sean's going to go on a podcast tour here soon with his merch. So like, Hey, let's, let's support these guys and, uh, you know, give back to them. And, and, uh, that's, that's the two places that I would check out my stuff at the moment. Awesome. Well, I'll be tuned in to whatever, whatever you're up to next. Um, but once again, I appreciate you coming on here and sharing your, you know, unique perspective of just everything that's been you know, going on for the past few years and, in, and into the future. Um, of course, man. Or, by the way, I appreciate your support over the years. I know you uh, 
you always had great things to say and certainly didn't hurt uh, having your opinion on my side and, uh, before I got hired during when I worked there and everything like that. So I wanted to make sure I say that. Of course, of course. Um, for Zach Boss team, this is On the Bench and uh If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.